Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month. Credit apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining amounts due. Unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Sponsored by FanDuel.com. FanDuel.com, the leader in single-day fantasy sports contests. Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Bringing you up to the minute industry news. Time for me to tell you about the biggest tournament in the history of daily fantasy sports. Interviews from the biggest names in the industry. The one and only Condia. Head Chopper joins us now to talk about this weekend in daily fantasy football. Now on the podcast, Napster Man. And game analysis to save you time and help you build your bankroll. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head game, you are just going to lose. Here is your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what is up? Want to welcome you to another edition here of the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. We are presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel.com. So uh, if you haven't been over there in a while, make sure you do so. Great time to do it as well. Single entry series, final one of this uh, basketball season is going on right now. If you missed day one, don't worry. Not a huge deal. Um, Very simple. Uh, top four scores out of seven are what matters here. So uh, if you didn't get in yesterday, uh, six more days for you to get your four qualifying scores. And once you do that, uh, if you've got the best combined scores, you're going to be winning that trip out to Miami. And, of course, a limited number of uh, seats left for the World Fantasy Basketball Championship. They've got two Qs rolling tonight, a $7 and a fifteen thirty today. So uh, they're on number 85-86 down to the last... 14 seats uh, to win that trip to Miami. I gotta get one. Gotta get one. I had to. I had to go the old reload. I know people uh, get embarrassed when they're like oh, reload bonuses, but I had to do it, especially if uh, I'm gonna attack any of the larger queues. You know, I've been going after them too much today, but uh, this season been sticking at the $25 version. But if we get a 300 out there. Uh, might need to to take one more shot at it because those events are just an absolutely ton of fun. Uh, NBA tonight, only a quick three-game schedule. We will run through those here in just a minute. And uh, by the way, also on FanDuel tonight, the shot is at $660,000. $6 buy-in, uh, $150,000 going to first place. Man, they love these big tournaments on these three-game slates. Not my favorite thing to do in the world. But, man, the sites absolutely love it, and the people apparently love to play it. So uh, that's a big one over there on FanDuel tonight. Um, one thing I want to get to today on the show is talking a little bit about uh, the book that's uh, basically out today. It's called Dueling Kings, High Stakes, Killer Sharks, The Get Rich Promise of Daily Fantasy Sports, written by Dan Barbarisi. And uh, this is something that I was given an advanced copy of, I don't know, a week or two ago. Literally read it in two days straight um, because it was, you know, super engaging to me. And I want to give it a little bit of a review here. And I don't have too much negative to really say about the book. Um, I think that most people, most quote unquote daily fantasy insiders who read it, 
will think that it's a very fair depiction of the industry over the last couple of years. And basically the premise of the book is uh, it's kind of a mixture between telling the story of daily fantasy, the rise, the fall, and then, you know, the uh, the conclusion, of course, you know, getting the law passed in, in New York. Like, that story is told um, in the same regard um, alongside the story of him immersing himself in daily fantasy, quitting his uh, day job to, uh, you know, try and experiment and see if he can become a quote-unquote shark in the daily fantasy world, you know, become a a successful winning player uh, as a DFS player. And, uh, you know, it's his uh, thought process and how he went about doing it, whether it was going to daily fantasy boot camps or trying to find a mentor uh, amongst, you know, the professional players we have out there. Um, That's the story that he tells. And, And I think what was great to see about this book was that it was written in a manner where it kept you engaged. You know, if it was just a story of the history of Daily Fantasy, uh, let's face it, like, I would love it. You know, people who play Daily Fantasy might like it. Uh, but ultimately, that story can get a little bit boring at times. Now, obviously, there's a lot of interesting things that have happened in the in the uh, history of DFS. And he touches up on a good portion of that. I almost think there was a few things that he didn't add to the book that I think would have added uh, more humor and more intrigue in terms of uh, what had t- taken place at different live finals and, and different aspects of the industry historically, but he touched up on a lot of really good things, and that story by itself would have been good, but you needed to add something that's going to make people keep turning the page and be invested, and he did a good job in building up characters, whether it's himself um, or it's a lot of the different professional players out there that you know that you've seen you know, on Roto-Grinders, that you've seen on our rankings, and it's kind of interesting to get his insight and both, you know, his notions of what he thought the people would be like versus what they really are. And I that's something that I was really proud of because I think too often times, you know, people have this mentality of the top players, uh, the guys who make a lot of money in DFS are like evil and they're bad people and they're just out for themselves and certainly there's some aspects and there's some people within the industry who might think like that, but I'd say the majority of them don't. And I don't think he painted the industry in a light that was, uh, that was unfair. Was it, a, was it a fluff piece? Uh, was it a puff piece? Absolutely not. By no measure. I don't think people will read that book, read this book and be like, oh man, this guy is just sucking up to the daily fantasy industry at all. Um, you can tell just by some of the words that he uses throughout the book. This wasn't something that was signed off by FanDuel or DraftKings or the FSTA or anyone else. Um, lots of terms of betting, gambling, etc., which are terms that you know typically uh, we don't use that much in the daily fantasy space. But I think that the way that he laid out the story was really, really well done and, and really fair to most of those involved. And uh, and I think that's all you can ask for. And if it's a compelling read, if you you know get some uh, chuckles out of it, which I certainly did, that certainly that helps as well. Um, I did think that there was, I think, you know, most of the 
people, personalities. I literally know every single person who's mentioned in the book. So I, you know, kind of know who they are. And, you know, I think most of the depictions were were right on, to be honest with you. I think there's one guy who, um, in my eyes, kind of came off poorly. And I think rightfully so, because he's not my favorite person in the industry. I'm not going to go ahead and name names. I'm going to let people read the book and see if you can't put two and two together. He's not a big personality in the book, but he is certainly mentioned um, at a few points in it. And, you know, I talk about people, you know, not being self-centered, not necessarily being angle shooters. I think there's one guy in the book who does come across as that. And um, to each their, I don't think it's inaccurate at all, um, but I think it's embarrassing uh, in my eyes. But again, that's just my takeoff on it. So uh, I'm not going to throw people under the bus. You're going to have to figure out and read it for yourself and see who that person is. Um, and they're not anybody who I've really ever worked with here, just somebody who I've come to know throughout the industry. So uh, again, nobody's ever worked with me. Nobody I've ever hired. Um, just somebody that uh, I just thought like the perception that he had was not a good one, but to each their own to say the very least. Uh, but all in all, uh, I like the book a lot. I highly recommend it. Go to Amazon. It's like 18 bucks, And uh, you can get the Kindle version as well. And uh, if you're the least bit invested, if you play this game, even on a casual level, if you're like, well, I don't know who all these pro players are, uh, don't worry about it. Like, it's an interesting book. It's, a, it, it's something for you to, you know, is there a lot of game strategy? Not really. Um, I think the one thing that I found a little bit intriguing was that a guy like Beep on Jeep, who, you know, is legitimately one of the top players we have in Daily Fantasy, basically let kind of his GPP secrets out. Now, I don't know how much of a secret it really was, um, but he definitely let it out within the book. But even with that said, I think some of that has changed since we've had more uh, restrictions in terms of the number of lineups that we have, but I, I found it interesting. Now, Jay, if you don't know Jay Rayner, he's legitimately one of the nicest people you've ever met, which means he has to be Canadian. Um, and not to kind of lift the lid off of the book too much and give too much away, but he is the he is the pro that tutors Dan throughout his quest. And uh, you couldn't have picked a better guy just because he is the antithesis of what you'd kind of expect as somebody who is. Uh, a DFS pro shark, if you want to use that term, uh, simply because he doesn't watch games. He is not emotionally invested into what happens day in and day out. Like 90% of us are, you know, I mean, most of the people who play this game, we're on the edge of our seats. We play the games because we want to enjoy sports more. Uh, Jay didn't play the game because he wanted to enjoy sports more. He played the game because he likes games and he wants to win money and he wanted to find a way uh, to win the game. And if you've ever talked to Jay, that's the kind of person that he is. He loves challenges. He loves new things. And uh, that's something that I think most people who um, who look at Daily Fantasy from the outside and, and think of all of our top players uh, would suddenly believe like, yeah, these guys know the ins and outs of every single uh, aspect of uh, sports, and Jay is not further from the truth. Now, what Jay knows better than anybody 
is the theory that goes into being successful at playing games and solving puzzles. And some of that you kind of get exposed to in the book, which I thought was uh, really, really interesting. So uh, the one drawback, and I and I talked to Dan on the XM show when I had him on there this past week, I think it's on demand if you want to listen back to that, was the one negative feedback I really had about the book was the title. I think Dueling Kings was a fine little you know headliner, but the high stakes killer sharks and get rich promise of daily fantasy sports is a terrible subtitle. Like, and what makes it terrible in my eyes was it's it's not depicted that way in the book at all. You know, I didn't view quote unquote killer sharks at any point in time in terms of the uh, the top players that they talked about. Uh, the get rich promise of of daily fantasy sports. I, I don't. I don't understand where that comes from. Um, I think that clearly that was something that probably a publisher said, hey, this is what it's going to be. Um, but just so we can grab headlines, so we can hit the uh, you know the keywords searches on Google and on Amazon. And I'm sure that's exactly why it is there. I get it from a marketing standpoint. I don't get it in terms of, the way the book is written and portrayed standpoint. And, uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, it's disappointing, but it, it kind of goes with, you know, necessarily, I'm sure it wasn't even his decision to make. In fact, I know for a fact it really wasn't, but that's not a reason not to buy it because I think the, uh, the literary work kind of speaks for itself. And, uh, and again, I've got no skin in this game. I'm, I think my name is mentioned once in the entire thing at the uh, at the uh, Daily Fantasy Players Conference. Like this thing is nothing to do with me. It has everything to do about DFS. And when people put in effort and work and try to um, try to do things the right way, I want to give them the. Uh, publicity they certainly deserve for it, and you know commend them for doing it because too often times people get lazy and and you know the sad thing about that little head about the subtitle is you know it's a still kind of a negative headline and we've been fighting against negative headlines um for the last year and a half pertaining to things happening around daily fantasy and i'm not you know here to say like there's never been bad things that happened in daily fantasy that shouldn't have been talked about it by major publications. In fact, a lot of the things that where we are today are because of those things. But I also think that they made things much, much, much worse than they really ever should have been. Um, And uh, we kind of get that with the subtitle, but in terms of the substance of the story, um, it's worth a read. So uh, get it. Good job by Dan. Uh, proud of the work that he put out there. And uh, you know what? I think it's worth your money. So give it a read. You know, there you go. So there we go. Want to pass that along. Dueling Kings, uh, Dueling with Kings, High Stakes Killer Sharks, Get Rich Promise of Daily Fantasy Sports. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on to basketball for tonight. I'm going to help you with these th- with this three-game slate. If you know me well enough, I don't love three-game slates just because of a lot of overlap, but three is at least better than two. I would love four or five, but uh, we'll certainly uh, go through and let you know who kind of some of the chalk plays are going to be. We're going to head, uh, uh, take a look at a game-by-game game or team-by-team team here today. Uh, just a quick uh, snapshot 
of the uh, totals on the slate tonight. Portland in the Thunder at 223. Lakers, Mavs, 204. Wizards, Phoenix, 225. Uh, Mavericks' biggest favorite at about 10.5. Washington, 3.5 point road favorite. OKC, 6.5 point home favorite today. And by the way... Uh, what a what a nasty situation we had with Portland and Minnesota last night. Hopefully you guys got those guys out of your lineup. Uh, make sure you get the Roto Grinders app. By the way, we just had an update to that app, so uh, make sure you go in and update your app if you already have it, and then leave us a little review there on iTunes as well uh, about you know how much it's helped you, how much money it saved you, so people actually go out and get it. Extremely useful. I know we passed along. Uh, the push notifications that the game looked really, really bad, and that was the right thing to do. So I know it's hard to always be active and be around your phone um, and checking Twitter. Well, at least you know you've got something buzzing you if it's really important, and last night it certainly was. So uh, think of all the, the, the rake-free night we had last night in tournaments. I think a lot of cash game players, certainly this time of year, probably got those guys out of their lineup, but tournaments last night, uh, you had your rake paid for by dead lineups uh, from top to bottom because of that situation. And it's unfortunate, but it's uh, it's something that, um, you know, happens. And the crazy thing is it's happened now twice in one season when uh, the only other time something like this I can remember happening was the uh, Mexican elevator fire with the, uh, uh, with the San Antonio Spurs when they took that trip to, I think, Mexico City to play in a game, and it got postponed because of an elevator fire. These things don't happen. Game postponements don't happen all that often, but uh, when they do, you know, take advantage of it. Uh, all right, let's get to the games here today. We'll go team by team. We'll start with uh, the 8 o'clock game, Thunder and Portland today. Uh, we'll look at Portland here first, and we'll use FanDuel as our primary guide. Again, we'll uh, give you a, an outlook of the uh, DraftKings salaries as well. Uh, on the high end, obviously, you got Damian Lillard here. He is juiced up to 9,600 over there on FanDuel tonight. Uh, when you consider the other players that we're paying up for today, I think he's definitely worth a look here today in this game. It's got a really high total, fairly close spread. And uh, on a night where, yeah, you want to pay 13 k for Russell Westbrook, he's just a great player. I don't know if there's enough value to make that work to be kind of a safe lineup from top to bottom. And the savings you get on Lillard, although he's really expensive, is significant. Um, and when you consider on DraftKings, I think that's definitely a site I will be lock and loading him. He's 9,600 on FanDuel, but he's under 9K on DK. And uh, Damian Lillard it should be in a fine spot here um, against uh, Russell Westbrook. And this is just a game that could be really back and forth between these two. Uh, um, on FanDuel, we saw Yusuf Nurkic get a, a little bit of a jump. Now he's up to 6.7K. Over there on FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, he's a similar price. I mean, that kind of tells you uh, what you need to know because typically DK um, has centers way cheaper than FanDuel, but this guy's about the same price. So that means he's still viable over there for you on FanDuel. Now, I don't love the matchup against Steven Adams um, here today, who's a pretty good defender. But they're low on big bodies right now, and they don't want to be playing Myers Leonard and Noah Vonley. So this guy's going to play uh, a big chunk of minutes here, and as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which he should be able to do, uh, I certainly have no problem rolling him out there. His projection of 30 fantasy points uh, I think is uh, is is fair. Uh, if we look at the game log today, uh, or the last few games, 
Uh, been well over a fantasy point a minute lately, 30 and 29, 51 and 37, 32 and 35, uh, had 16 and 21, 40 and 34, 26 and 21. Those are his last six games. Uh, so I'm okay with him here. I think he's going to play a good amount. Uh, the guy I like again tonight, and um, I'm not necessarily too worried about the defensive matchup, although Roberson at times can be good, but I feel like CJ McCollum is just too cheap. Uh, and you know, last night I was all over CJ McCollum until the news broke, and I was doing a live radio show uh, on Sirius XM, and I stupidly decided to uh, go ahead and and run our our uh, lineup builder for for a hundred lineups on FanDuel. Now it was the three dollar tournament, so three hundred dollar investment. I mean. It's something, but it's not like I went a hundred lineups at uh, you know twenty five bucks a piece. So, uh, not as big of an investment for me for my bankroll, but still, I had like sixty percent McCollum. He was probably my highest owned guy. This news came, and it's like, well, certainly, if I had three hours to make changes. Um, I would have spread out my ownership, probably gone to more James Harden, maybe thrown in some Dion Waiters, some Nick Nick Batum. But I didn't have time for that, so I had to do the global player replace and put in Clay Thompson, a guy who I didn't particularly love. He was pretty low owned. I think he was like five or six percent of my uh, lineups, and suddenly became you know my highest owned guy on the slate because well I was doing a radio show and I didn't have many other choices at that time, and of course. Dude has his biggest dog game of the entire season, and uh, yeah, so much for me taking uh, taking advantage of that uh, rake-free event that took place last night with all those injuries. Good job, Dan. Uh, just contributed to the free rake, I suppose, with that decision, but uh, hey, you know, you got to know what you're going to do, and those are the risks that you run, but uh, I like him again tonight, and uh, he's just way too cheap here. Uh, he's got a 40 fantasy point upside at 7,200. And, uh, you know, you look at some of the alternatives for us at that shooting guard spot and, you know, Beal is 800 more. Obviously, Phoenix is a really good matchup. Seth Curry is a thousand less. And maybe there's a chance that he gets overlooked here today because, you know, people will look at Curry. People will look at maybe Devin Booker today on a really cheap price tag um, and, and not roll him out there. But, I'm sure he'll hit 35, 40% just because it's a three game slate tonight, but really like him today. FanDuel, you've got Mo Harkless, 500 cheaper uh, as well. And by the way, McCollum cheap on DraftKings too. Uh, actually, even cheaper over there. But Harkless at 4,800, he's going to be chalk today. Uh, people are going to want to save in some spots, and uh, he is certainly looking like a good spot to potentially save in. Uh, the thing about him is, though, um, he's been good, 34 fantasy points that last game but you know the 22 23 29 27 uh there's not really a lot I'm looking at the game logs and like I'm not seeing a necessarily huge role change for him except for you know bigger minutes you know 34 37 35 38 uh that's the big uptick that we have uh, I don't I don't hate going underweight on him today at small forward just because I know so many people are going to go there. Um, you know, you've got Bogdanovich, you've got Ingram, you could uh, roll Roberson out there who, you know, is going to play a lot of minutes here in this game and, you know, going to be way less owned than those guys. So uh, I think he's fine for cash games today, but I'm not afraid going underweight on Mo Harkless today in tournaments. Uh, 
I don't mind Alfaruk Aminu today at 5,400 as well. Again, with that injury to Ed Davis, he's been solidly over 30 minutes in each of the last two. Uh, again, price is not super cheap at 5,400, but reasonable enough. Uh, I think he's got you know very safe floor today um, in the mid-20s with upside to the uh, mid-30s tonight. Not much in the way of just uh, 1% crappers out there. And credit to those of you who played Tony Snell last night. Good luck uh, tonight. Alan Crabb, 3,500. Man, I've tried to play the Crabb before, and, you know, Crabb just hasn't been uh, hasn't been popping for me. There you go. Enjoy that one. Quote me on that. Uh, 3,500 for him. Just under 20 fantasy points in four straight. GPP flyer at min's salary. If you want to get Westbrook, he's a path in that same game. Doesn't hurt. But I'd probably rather take a shot on Doug McDermott at that same price. And he is a pivot there at small forward as well. The minutes have certainly been there, but um, just not the production. But moving into that starting lineup, over 30 minutes in three consecutive games. And, uh, man, I like the opportunity today at min salary. So Doug McDermott going to be a min salary, popular min salary player to get uh, Westbrook in at 13-1. And Westbrook's Westbrook. Like, you play him. He's good. Three-game slate. Probably makes sense to get him into your lineup tonight. Um, I'll be curious to see what Jamino puts his ownership projection at. 40% maybe today on a three-game slate. We will see. Um, other plays for us, uh, Ennis Cantor and Steven Adams at about 5-7, I'm definitely on Team Cantor over Team Adams at this point in time. He's been uh, right around 30 or more in four of his last five games. That one dog game did come against Phoenix. And, hell, even Dallas last game out, he only played 16 minutes or 18 minutes and took 14 shot attempts. He is definitely the scorer that they have in that second unit here, and he matches up just fine here against Portland. So uh, I think I'd roll him out uh, certainly today. Adams at 5'7". I mean, Nurkic you can get at under a thousand more and I think he's just a way safer play here uh last game against Portland went for 26 fantasy points um little short on a double double seven points 13 rebounds and let's see I think they might have played one other time this season uh looking 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 yes uh 24 fantasy points that second time 14 with four rebounds uh and four steals which is a bit of an outlier so I'm not really a Steven Adams guy today at the center position. Uh, Taj Gibson, uh, big fall off for him the last two games. He had that real nice game against Portland where he went for 31 fantasy points. But uh, I don't really see myself going back there. You can. The price is cheap enough at 4.2. I think on DraftKings, looks like he is uh, even cheaper. Is he 3,900 over on DK? Yeah. So um, from that perspective, maybe, but... I think Roberson's got a little bit better role and more of a guy that I'd be looking at today. Uh, Norris Cole, he has uh, been picked up and played his debut the other day and played uh, 24 minutes against Dallas, which is kind of a lot. Uh, Only got you nine fantasy points, though, in 24 minutes, so probably not a target for me today. Uh, Let's go to the uh, Lakers and Dallas, this game, pretty low total at 204. Uh, Brandon Ingram, huge price differential between FanDuel and DraftKings. 3700 over on FanDuel, so he's going to be a popular play there for the Westbrook guys. And then 4800 on DraftKings, that's about too expensive for me. Um, I know he bounced back and played really well that last time out. 
I'm more willing to just play him on FanDuel than DraftKings. Julius Randle, I'm willing to play him on both. I think he is uh, really starting to get going here. I love his game. Uh, last game, I guess, the uh, last two games, haven't been too great at 28 and 24. I guess it, I thought it would be a little bit better than that. Uh, but rebounding, he's been double digits in five of the last six games. And I feel like it's going to lock in a double-double against Dirk Nowitzki and Dallas here. So, uh, yeah, uh, cue me up some uh, some Julius Randle. Not the cheapest price tag you're going to find out there, but uh, certainly not killing your your uh, your salary cap here today. Uh, and then Russell Clarkson. Russell at 6400 on FanDuel, 7K on DraftKings, so you're getting a little bit more uh, of a value there on FanDuel. I mean, these guys are in a lower total game, so that can you know concern you just a little bit. Um, Clarkson GPP play, uh, here today at 5,100 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DraftKings, uh, has the upside to score you 20 real life points. Uh, you like the shots too, you know, last game versus the Pels, only nine, but 19, 14, 16, 17, 12 in the, uh, five games previous to that. So I think there's some upside on that 5,100 here today. I don't really play Nick Young, um, at 4.2K. Uh, last game, uh, had one of his better games of the last couple of weeks, 19 real life points, only 23 fantasy points. I still think we're just limited in our upside with him. Uh, only over 20 fantasy points once since the 10th of, uh, February. So he's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit. Seems more shots going to Clarkson and then certainly Russell, super aggressive offensively. Uh, let's see. I think that's, uh, Larry Nance at 4K, a little bit interesting for me today in this matchup, uh, but he is questionable for tonight. Him and Zubik are questionable for this uh, matchup here today, so keep our eye on that one. You know, if both those players would sit, I suppose you could look to a Mozgov or maybe even a Thomas Robinson, dare I say Thomas Robinson, I mean... No, don't play Thomas Robinson if you don't have to. Tariq Black is 3-5. He's just so limited offensively. He's just not good. Uh, maybe just more reason to roll Julius Randle out there. Uh, we'll see. Uh, now on the Dallas front, uh, you know Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, like both these guys here today, huge tempo up game for Dallas. Uh, they're up, let's see, 9.1 off their season average on their implied total today wizards uh and thunder up six five for the wizards eight nine for the thunder against portland so they're way up today uh but uh, farrell and curry they're you know most of these guys are fair pretty fairly priced even barnes at six one against the lakers we got all three of these guys uh, projected at 30 fantasy points dirk right under that at uh at 28.89 i think we can probably pencil him in for 30 again today. Uh, the problem you run into is, again, these teams are really in the middle of a uh, like five and seven game stretch here, or five games and seven game and seven day stretch. But uh, you like kind of what you've seen from, from Dirk here. The shots are up, double digit boards in three of his last four games, and he's not going to kill you with this salary. I don't think he gives you the upside of a guy like Randall likely today, just because you know the minutes aren't going to be mid 30s um, likely. But I think there's a lot of safety in Dirk Nowitzki here today. Uh, let's see. Any other names here? Nerlens Noel at 6.1 uh, against the Lakers. He is, you know, only played 
what, uh, 16 minutes that last game versus uh, OKC as Wes Matthews came back and then they moved Dirk to that center position. I don't see Dirk playing center today against Steven Adams. I really don't. I think we see Nerlens move into that starting lineup. Uh, the problem we run into is he's not like a gimme salary. You kind of hoped off that dog game he would be cheaper. And on DraftKings, he is. He's at 5-6. And I think he's going to be somewhat popular over there just because you can roster numerous centers. On FanDuel, um, he is center eligible now. Uh, and he's only like, what, four or 500 more than Nurkic or 600 less than Nurkic, excuse me. So I think most people will just rather play Nurkic there. But we saw what he can do when he gets minutes. And, you know, uh, that game against Memphis, he played 35 minutes against one of the toughest interiors he's going to play all season long. And uh, he went for 15 points, 17 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and a steal. And they followed up with uh, with 17 fantasy points um, against Oakland, or excuse me, uh, 16 minutes uh, against OKC and Steven Adams. I don't really understand that so much. Uh, and I think I misspoke a little bit earlier. They play the Lakers here tonight. Um, they could go small the Laker, or against the Lakers, I suppose, uh, with uh, Dirk going against uh, Tariq Black, who's not a really big guy in his own right. But uh, if Nerlens would sneak into that starting lineup, uh, I really like him. The question is, where does he go? That would probably mean moving Wes Matthews to the bench, which I don't see. Seth Curry moving him to the bench, which I don't see. Uh, Barnes and Dirk, I mean, Yogi, I just don't think Seth Curry has the handles to be a point guard. So, uh, either way they need to get it. They need to get him on the floor more. And I hope they recognize that. So sneaky GPP play on FanDuel. Um, I guess it could be risky on DraftKings. If the rotation falls like it did against OKC, that could be a problem. But, uh, I think he's a guy that's interesting over there. Uh, Wes Matthews at 5,200 versus, uh, the Lakers, uh, I don't hate him today. You know, you kind of worry about guys coming off the injuries and the shots way down. Seth Curry's been really getting the uptick there. So uh, ownership-wise, he's going to be really low-owned, and he could certainly get hot. Uh, but, you know, you look at the salary at 5'2", he's a 1,000 less than Seth Curry here today, who has really just been super aggressive. And I, I don't – I think he's a good shooter. Is he 10 for 16, 8 for 15? 7 for 13, 10 for 17 good? I don't know. But, man, there's proof in the pudding here. He's been over 30 fantasy points in uh, looks like five of his last six. In the one game he didn't make it, he scored 22 real-life points. He just didn't grab any uh, boards or assists that day. kind of turned into Andrew Wiggins for us. So um, he'll be popular against the Lakers, and rightfully so. But Matthews could be that uh, kind of pivot move for you in that spot. Uh you look at this last game, we've got the Wizards traveling to Phoenix. Phoenix plays super fast here. And John Wall is 11K over on DraftKings. That's a huge number there. Uh, getting the kind of Phoenix bump uh, on DK. And, you know, that's a huge price differential there. Uh, I think I'm playing him on FanDuel more than I'm playing him on DraftKings. I'd probably just search for the other 2K and get Westbrook in. So I think you're probably going to have to make a choice there rather than just being able to uh, roll them both out. But 10-2 against Phoenix, uh, yeah, I think he's fine on FanDuel today. Uh, Bradley Beal, you know, 22nd DB, uh, DVP at that position. Solid usage for Bradley Beal here. Um, what, at 25%, that's pretty good for a guy like him who does a lot of his work on the perimeter. 
He's not overpriced really at, at 8K in this matchup. If he wasn't against Phoenix, I probably would say that he is. Um, but a guy that uh, if you're not rostering Westbrook, you can kind of fit into your lineup. If you are, you're probably not going to be able to make him work. Uh, Otto Porter at 6'1". Again, feels a little bit cheap for Porter. Um, he's kind of been up and down. He's had good games and not so good games. Great against Toronto. Uh, one day really bad against Toronto. The other day, last game versus Orlando was just ho-hum with uh, 21 fantasy points. Probably not my top target today at 6.1. You can get Bojan at 4K on FanDuel, by the way, which is uh, a little bit too che- cheap. But I don't think he's going to hit eight three-pointers again. The two big games he had, he had eight and six three-pointers. Nine for 12 shooting in each of those two games. It's not impossible against Phoenix. It's just I I still feel like it's an outlier, and he doesn't do enough in the other categories. Uh, But at 4K, he doesn't need to do much, and that's going to make him popular on FanDuel. 4,900 on DraftKings. He's a little bit more expensive over there. Probably prefer him over Ingram if you're looking for a guy in that uh, price range, but I don't think you need to force either of those guys in. This isn't a Bismack Biombo situation like last night where he was 92% owned in a GPP last night, like a high stakes GPP. 92%. And this isn't like a, you know, 50 man field. Uh, so yeah, when you have poor salaries, that's going to happen. Uh, so 3K was just way too cheap on him last night. Uh, let's see other plays in this one. Gortat is just a gimme price tag over there on DraftKings. They're begging you, just begging you to play him over on DK, uh, at, uh, 5,200. The problem is he hasn't been good. The minutes have been down. Uh, revenge. He did play for Phoenix for a little while. So maybe you could go there. He had 11 rebounds in the last game, at least against Orlando, which was another somewhat revenge spot. I don't think you're playing the 62 on FanDuel. DraftKings, they're kind of, uh, they're daring you to do it uh, over there at 5,200. I'm probably not taking the bait very much outside of GPPs. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm not playing Brandon Jennings. Not enough minutes there. Uh, Markeith Morris at 6'6". Uh, I think he can be considered today, you know, 32 fantasy points, uh, definitely revenge here, he would, you know, played in Phoenix for a while, I think was upset when they traded him, so uh, we saw the narrative with uh, Waiters yesterday against the Miami Heat, I think that could apply again here, and he's been pretty good, uh, three of the last four over 30 fantasy points, 6,600, um, much higher pace game than, say, a guy like Julius Randle at a similar pace. I think Randall higher upside, but more safety maybe in Markeith, and it's hard for me to believe that I'm saying that. Uh, let's move on to Phoenix, where a couple of guys looked overpriced on one site versus the other here. Allen Williams, for example, he is another guy who's going to be pretty chalky because uh, the big sauce is getting it done, and he's only 5,500 over on FanDuel today. Uh, 67 on DraftKings going to make it more of a decision, but 55 on FanDuel uh, the minutes are just going up. He's been super efficient. Rebounding totals don't look fi- look fluky here. Uh, 12 or more in uh, four of his last five games and uh, getting it done. So too cheap today on FanDuel. He's going to be in a lot of Westbrook lineups, I imagine, today. DraftKings, a bit more of a tougher decision at 6,700. I don't think you have to play him over there at that number. Uh, Tyler Eulis, uh, a guy who's been getting a ton more 
play here as of late. Uh, he played well against OKC in 20 minutes, and then they fired him up for 33 against Boston the next day and gave you a 31 spot. He is at 5,300 on FanDuel, only 46 on DraftKings. So DK, the spot where you're getting uh, much more value. He's a diminutive guy. He's a small little dude um, who I don't, again, shooting numbers up there, 8 of 12, 6 of 9 each of the last two games. But I think on DraftKings, he doesn't even need to shoot that great and can make value for you. On FanDuel at 5,300, I don't think I'm doing it um, here because he's still a guy who's coming off the bench, and that's just that's too much for me. Um, I don't think that I'll probably be paying that number on him. Devin Booker at 6K, looking really cheap there on draft or on FanDuel. Uh, numbers have been down, but definitely a spot where he can get it back going again. Shooting hasn't been great for him, and attempts have been down 10, 13, 12, 11, 11. This guy usually hovers around the 14 to 19 to 20. That's when he's at his peak, and uh, I think that this is a spot for him to uh, get the offense rolling again. And, you know, game total at 226, just too cheap on Devin Booker today. So he's probably a core play for me at shooting guard. He and uh, CJ McCollum. Uh, TJ Warren, uh, another guy whose minutes are kind of back up a little bit. Pretty safe here over the last six games. Hasn't been less than 25 fantasy points. He's at 5,600. He's probably going to be eating some chalk with him. Uh, Bledsoe at the point guard spot again with Eulis getting more minutes. I think it's uh, somewhat taken away from him, but not terribly. I mean, each of the last two games, 44 and 37. So um, maybe some of those shots are going, coming from Devin Booker because he's the one who's been down the last couple games. But uh, 8500 on him. He was 9K uh, just two weeks ago. So I think he's priced where he should be right now. And uh, going head-to-head versus good point guards, let's face it, that's what he's done the last couple of games against IT2 and Russell Westbrook, and he's gone off. So uh, an interesting pivot for you. I prefer Lillard, um, but he's a little bit different price tag than Damian Lillard is on FanDuel. Lillard's up there. On DraftKings, uh, we've got Bledsoe at 8500 on FanDuel and 82 over there on DK. I still think Lillard's probably the DK play uh, today. Not really looking too much at Alex Len today. I'd love for him to get minutes, but uh, we just can't project him. Uh, Marquise Chris, though, at 4,500. Uh, definitely a guy to look at. Now, outlier last game. Outlier, outlier, outlier alert. Five blocks. That's a career high. He's not going to do that again. You take five and give him one and he's at 20 fantasy points and that would mark him at 20 or less in five consecutive games so uh i don't know probably not at 4500 a top target of mine uh because i you know he's got a little bit of upside but um yeah 25th dvp against power forward maybe maybe but um yeah you know just gotta look into those uh look into those game logs a little bit and and see kind of what took place so uh, there you go. I'm not in love with uh, three-game slates, but, hey, a lot of people are. So uh, that's the rundown of the player pool for you. Again, a lot can change, uh, so definitely get the app. Stay on top of the news. Uh, let's get you some uh, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans read here. Of course, they're a great supporter of this podcast. And when it comes to big decisions... Uh, of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, has your best interest in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you're going to get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork with Rocket Mortgage. 
You can securely share your financial info and get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to get the mortgage that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home, refinance your existing mortgage, lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, go completely online at quickenloans.com slash roto. It's quickenloans.com slash roto, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Uh, I'm out of here for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Big slate coming up on a Wednesday, so we'll have the full breakdown for you there. If you've got feedback, you know where to find me, danarotogrinders.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, happy to be bringing you the podcast here each and every day on Roto Grinders. Uh, Till tomorrow, good luck in your contest if you're out there playing Check out that Dueling Kings book by Dan Barbarisi. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, talk to you again tomorrow. See you, everybody. What's up, Grinders? JM to win here. I wanted to let you know that we have added video courses to Roto Academy, which means that now you can get premium instruction on roster construction, game selection, site-by-site play from some of the top DFS minds in the industry in a video form. This is evergreen content that's going to help you build better lineups in the short term and the long term. So be sure to check it out. We have videos with Notorious, Bobby Pye, Genie for 07, and we're going to be adding more over time. So I hope to see you there, and I'll see you at the top of the leaderboard soon. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 dollars a month after twenty two fifty a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining amounts due. Unlimited basic after six thirty twenty. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines. With auto pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. 